0: I've got to like put on my big girl pants and somehow figure out how to be okay with people not liking the things I did for my son. I can't have these doctors not like me. Well, it's either the doctor's like me or my son is alive. I remember standing in front of a machine that was pumping life-saving medicine into him and saying, you can leave if you turn off this machine, you will have to remove me from the room in order to do so. And I suggest while you're doing that, you call your lawyer. And I think I just started to realize it's okay if people don't like me and I have to start getting really comfortable in the discomfort of people disliking me.
1: This is a Soulfire production. You're listening to episode 115, brought to you by our friends at AdvoCare, a wellness company on a mission to support your health needs with high vibe resources and products. And we have a code, use yasan 15 every time you shop to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. What's up? What's up? Welcome back or welcome to the show. This is a gin and juiced episode, a series inside the Yes And podcast where we explore addiction, sobriety, and what it looks like to live a high vibe life on your own terms. It's me, your host, Judy, and I'm here with my co-host for the gin and juiced episodes, Miss Amanda Zader. What's up, Amanda? how's it going girl it's good it is good over here listen speaking of good tell me something good tell me something good what you got i love opening with this question
2: it just puts everything in a positive spin and perspective so something good is i got to spend some time with my auntie yesterday so this will air in a couple weeks but i haven't seen her in a while and she's fighting her own fight with health and it was amazing to just sit and do nothing Together. Mm, Together.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love sitting and doing nothing with people. I love, I need to do more of that. Um, I think my something good is similar ish in the sense that I confirmed a a date night with another couple that we love. Like basically, my only friend here in Ohio, her and her husband, we're going out on Saturday night. I'm really excited about that. We'll get to have dinner and see each other and laugh and, you know, all that stuff. We might try to catch some live music. So that makes me. That makes me really happy. That's so fun.
2: Everybody needs friends and to get out and get out and live music, right? Amazing.
1: I know. I love it. And you know what? Listen, we're going to have a good conversation here today. Uh, we, we, you know, since we've started this series, we have had the opportunity to listen to so many different stories and pers- perspectives really on addiction. And listen, it's not just about booze or drugs here. We've discussed shopping, <laughs> right, Amanda? Yes, we- <laughs> a little too honestly, if I'm... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shopping yes. addiction, love addiction, work addiction, fitness addiction food addiction, tech addiction, social media addiction and beyond. So I think if you're human and you have wounds, um, and if your ultimate goal in your TBD time on this planet is about bringing out the best in you, well, it's almost impossible to do all of that when you're numbing it or dumbing it down or wasting time or, or keeping doors closed that could heal you. If you only cracked it open to take a look at what's on the inside. And today, we have a guest that has had to do that, like, a lot. <laughs> from getting sober, to having twins, to adopting a little girl, to saving her marriage, to getting a prestigious law degree, then walking away from it, to make it her full-time job, to save her firstborn son's life as he fought for his life with stage four pediatric cancer. I mean, Melissa, who will you will meet very soon? has had many reasons to give up, many occasions to quit, and many excuses to numb, but she doesn't. She keeps fighting. And inside her story are the lessons of resilience, surrender, self-love, and trust that can make us all better humans for hearing it. Melissa Wiggins is a Scotland native currently residing in Orlando, Florida, and is a proud mom of five. Her firstborn son was diagnosed with stage four cancer and... She was about to give birth to twins at the same time. So her legal career went on the back burner and her full-time calling for three and a half years became saving her son's life. Melissa goes by Mama Bear Wiggins, which for her is a metaphor and a monkey a, because she knows that strength does not come from life being easy. It comes from finding your roar. Melissa knows that to live your truth, you must first find your voice. Her roar saved her son, changed her marriage, and transformed her life. Today, she is passionate about sharing this message and working with women around the world to do the same. Melissa proudly wears the hats of stepmom, mom, adoptive mom, and most recently, grandmother. Oh, yeah, all by the age of 36. Melissa is a lawyer-turned-master-certified coach and has worked with countless women, encouraging and empowering them to become the best version of themselves. It's said that life's hardest moments make us stronger. That's true for Melissa. And our conversation today leans into exactly that. Here's our chat with Mama Bear. Mama Bear Wiggins in the house. Okay, I just got to say, I love saying that. I love saying it so much. Um, and I'm super giddy that you're on the podcast today because I've gotten to hear you speak. I've been in clubhouse rooms with you and I've, I'm I'm on your social and I follow you. And I, every time you I just took your voice, you're from Scotland, like the whole vibe. And I'm so excited that everybody else gets to get a little Scotland mama bear Aww, vibe you. in their life today. You are an energy. You are a light. And thank you for being here to share your story.
0: I'm so pumped. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it.
1: I love it. Okay, so, okay, Amanda and I were thinking about, like, okay, what are the heartbeats here? Like, your story is, like, full, full of moments of resilience and hope and fighting for what you believe in and not losing yourself along the way and holding it all together when everything is freaking falling apart. So let's start, let's start at the beginning. Um, you know, Amanda is what, seven years sober Almost. this year? Yeah. Um. So where are you in that journey? Remind me, like how, what's your sobriety um, timeline and date and walk us into why? Like, what made you stop drinking, and and how far along are you in that process? Whatever you're comfy sure. sharing.
0: Well, first, Amanda, congratulations! No easy feat, I know. So that's amazing. I love it. Um, I will be 13 years sober on May 31st. Oh, yeah!
2: Oh my God, coming up.
0: Everyone in my recovery group always makes fun of me because I'm like, and "My sobriety date is the 31st of May, 2009," and they're like, "No, no, no! Like, we're you're in America. Like, you do your dates the other way around." And I'm like, "No, I'll do them whatever way I want to. It will forever be the 31st of May." So, yes, Congratulations. I got sober when I was 25, mm. and I was living in Scotland. I had recently graduated as a lawyer don't hold it against me um
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh those lawyers we need them though we do need our lawyers We drink a lot
0: man yeah okay you know um so i i was like a workaholic shocking i know but like i would get up go to work all day and i was like the first one in the office the last one to leave and every day i would be like okay i'm not gonna drink tonight like I'm not going to do it tonight. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do, like, something productive. And I just, like, couldn't not do it in the end. Like, in the end, I was living by myself. And I just... I just I, I tried all of the things like I did and I'm sure you did too Amanda like yeah I did the retreats and I tried the organic <laughs> wine and I did the like whatever like the fake beer and the fake things and like literally none of it worked for me and I had been trying to get sober for a long time like I knew in my early 20s that my drinking was not Normal, Right. Like I was, I was the girl who was like, I'm going to be classy. I'm Mm going to keep it like straight. I'm going to be, you know, I don't want to be the fall down drunk. And then I always ended up just blacking out. Like I just, it was just, that's how it was at the end. Of course, progressively it kind of you know, it started with a glass of wine, which is why I get like so many feelings about like the wine mum
2: t shirt.
0: Like I'm like, no, please because like that was me, right? It was like just a glass, just to take the edge off. I deserve this. It's been a hard day. I've accomplished all the things, and then Like, I like suddenly it was like, oh, a bottle now is what you need to take that edge off.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: amazing how that happens. And it's really interesting to me that you were cognizant and aware that your drinking wasn't normal. Uh, this is my second stint of continuous sobriety, and it really took me until about two or three years ago, honestly, to recognize that I never drank normally, because I was so convinced that alcohol it, alcohol wasn't my first addiction, nor my first love, and I was so convinced, like it wasn't, and as I've been able, you know, the more is uncovered as they teach you in the rooms of AA, and yeah. it's like I realized I never had a normal relationship with alcohol, so did you, re- like, you really recognized in that moment, like, I am not drinking like other people drink?
0: Yeah, no, I, I knew I was I just didn't know how to not. Right. Like, I wanted, you know, I was a new lawyer. I was 25. Like, I wanted to do the after work drinks. I wanted to go out with the team. I wanted to be invited on the lunch event and the golf event and so yeah. much culturally in my country. And now I know in America, too. But like where I grew up, like, it was like everything was about alcohol, like every celebration, every funeral. So whether it was like good or Mm -hmm. bad, I just saw everybody drank. And growing up with that, I think, you know, I obviously created this belief in my mind that, you know, well, this is just the way everyone drinks, and then when I moved to be by myself, I realized that that wasn't the way everybody drank, and that like I was drinking very differently from everyone else. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was so yeah. good to recognize that in yourself, and then being so young, yeah. And I was able just going to say do that. something about it. Yeah, that's incredible.
1: At 25. So you're 25, you get yourself sober. When do you get, I don't know if I know this, when do you get to the States? What brought you to the States? And how old, like between 25 and not drinking and the States, like what, what ha- was happening there?
0: So in like, um, recovery, they say like, don't do anything crazy. in like the first year of sobriety, <laughs> oh, so around about eight months I moved from Scotland to America. I uh, don't recommend that. And like basically started like my sobriety circle again here. Okay. And then my sponsor said, you know, you don't want to do anything big in the first year. So after I was sober one year and sixteen days I got married. Oh my gosh. So did you
1: did you meet your now husband here? I met
0: him in Scotland and we long distance relationship for five years.
1: Judy. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that explains yeah. the quick engagement and all of that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. you, okay. So you get sober, 116, you move eight months, you move here to the States, you, um, at 116 days sober, you get married to your now husband and then we start having The babies, right? And the The family. The babies. Okay. So, Cannon, your oldest is born. Your oldest is born. Okay. And um, then you have the twins. And while you're pregnant and sober and in the States and newly married, and did I mention carrying twins, you find out Cannon has cancer.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: how do you, what do you do? What do you do first? And how do you stay sane and sober when you get a call like that?
0: Oh, yeah, it's a big question. Um, you know, Cannon was diagnosed and then 10 days later, I had the twins. So it was like, a quick window. And the hospitals are joined together by a bridge. So I was actually on the same floor as him on the hospital across the street, giving birth to the twins. And he was on the opposite hospital on the children's side, having his first chemo in the ICU. Like,
1: Oh, my God, honey. insane
0: insanity. And so like, I am, I'm just such a believer that You know, when you go through hard things like getting sober, that it prepares you for the next hard thing, right? Like, I think if I hadn't got sober, like, well, first of all, I don't think Cannon would be alive because I would have been a disaster. He probably wouldn't have been born, to be fair, but like... I was sober and then that prepared me for this next thing. And that's kind of like how my life has gone, because sometimes when I have to like write out all of the things that have happened, like, I'm like, who is this person? God bless, because like, (laughs) it just sounds kind of crazy, but it's like all of the things kind of prepared me for the next thing. And I just, I'm just such a firm believer and sort of that's how it goes. And um, yeah, it was just madness. It was madness. Well, your
1: pain prepared you uh, for what is most certainly now become your life's purpose. Amanda, jump in. I know you were going to say.
2: Yeah. So I'm just thinking about how I'm surrounded in support and people that understand. And my mom is also an alcoholic. So I've always had her to kind of relate in a way that most people cannot. So here you are in a foreign country what kind of support did you have to, like, kind of lift you up and hold you through this?
0: So, I mean, I think it's, like, one of the, like, secrets of recovery, right? Like, the community is, it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And, um, I mean, I, my sponsor came to the hospital every single day. Every single day. Like, every single day. Every single day that we were in the, in Florida, and she could be there, she was there every single day. When we were in New York or Philadelphia, we talked on the phone every single day. Um, I had women come and do recovery meetings for me in the cafeteria (sighs) and the bedroom. Um, And I, I went to a meeting every single day. So every single day when my husband and I changed shifts, I went to a meeting, whether it was in Philadelphia, in New York, Michigan, I went to them all. So I know a lot of people in a lot of states now.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I love I'm sitting here and I'm tearing up because, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about higher powers. And, you know, I believe in the 12 steps and I believe that a lot of people get sober because of them, regardless of if you're into new sobriety or you believe in old sobriety, you take what works for you. But I always say... Um, I know God is in those rooms and it really is because of what you're saying. Like, number one, you can walk in anywhere, in any country, in any state and immediately be enveloped in comfort and community and people in the sobriety community show up in ways that are unbelievable because it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle based in service work, (laughs) You know, so
0: you know it's so funny that people like I always like tell that story to sort of illustrate exactly what you just said, which is the first call I made when they said, you know, your son has stage four cancer. We're not sure if he's going to make it. He's going to be in the battle for several years. If he does, the first person I called was my sponsor, not anybody else, because I knew the only way Caden was going to make it was if I stayed sober, and I was really scared I wasn't going to. Mm. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I
1: really the can't. vulnerability in that, and the truth in that, and what I love about what you just well, there's so many things I love about what you just said. Full body chills have already happened to me twice. Is you asked for and went and got what you needed, and I think so many times women. Um, especially like we have this guilt and this shame, like A, we're supposed to be strong enough to hand it all, handle it all. And B, um, oh oh my God, I'm not a priority in this. This is the priority. But what you recognized is like, holy shit. If this mama bear doesn't work, (laughs) like then nothing else is going to work. And even in the depths of the fear of losing a child and a diagnosis, you still rose up and said, I have to protect myself here so I can protect my son, so I can fight for my son. Like, I'm going to fight for myself so that I can fight for my son and those twins that I just freaking had and anything else that happens. I mean, have you always, like, what's your family like? Like, how, what's your family dynamics? Are Have you always been this, this resourceful and resilient or... Did you become this way in in the depths of your recovery and you know support God, I love of panic?
0: Because I think everybody thinks that like we're born this way, and I a hundred percent was not born that way. I um I definitely became mama bear, mm. like for sure. The one of the biggest and I have chills now. Like one of the biggest shifts for me was I remember my husband saying well, we got to go call this other doctor for Canon. And I remember me saying these words, but like, I don't want to upset the doctor we have or have them be mad at us because like, you know, they they are taking care of Canon. And my husband was like, we don't give a bleep about what they think about us, babe. Like we're here to save Canon's life. And I remember being like, okay, like I'm in my (laughs) 20s, but I've got to like put on my big girl pants. And somehow somehow lassies like figure out how to be okay with people not liking the things I did for my son
1: Ooh, yes that was hard yes yes it was
0: such a shift for me like I I like you talk about like perfectionism people pleasing like all of the things right like I can't have these doctors not like me Mm. well it's either the doctor's like me or my son is alive. That's yeah. where it got for us. And I remember standing in front of a, a machine that was pumping life-saving medicine into him and saying, you can leave. If you turn off this machine, you will have to remove me from the room in order to do so. And I suggest while you're doing that, you call your lawyer mm. because that's where I got to. I I, like didn't start there and I remember he left and I was like shaking like oh my (laughs) gosh did I I just did that that?" (laughs) to the head of the oncology department like and I and I think I just started to realize like it's okay if people don't like me and I have to start getting really comfortable in the discomfort of people disliking me. Mm. and now I know that I'm doing something right if people dislike me yes <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes like you don't it. like what I'm doing okay cool awesome <laughs> thank you ma'am
1: I love it. It's like, that's where mama bear was born essentially in protecting your son. That's where it became. And we met, you know, it's interesting until I met you, I, I'd loosely like, I'm mama bear. Don't mess with my team. Don't mess with my business, whatever it is you're protecting. And then I, you know, I meet you and actually someone who carries the nickname of a, or what do you call it? A monkey A? Is yes. That, ooh, a monkey A. Yeah. She has a monkey A of Mama Bear. And now I'm like, I get it. Oh, I get it. You yeah. if you're gonna remove this machine out of my son's room, you're gonna have to remove me with yeah. it. And scene, right? And yes. so um what what a powerful Can you tell us how's Canon? How's Canon today?
0: He's amazing. He's 10 years old. Oh, Um, yeah. He has all the challenges that come from pediatric cancer, but that's another issue. But he is honestly the happiest child you will ever meet. He is just joy every day, all day. He has zero. Um ever well he will never sit down. He is, his energy is endless. Like we, we joke around that we think there was some sort of kryptonite in the chemotherapy that like energized him beyond what is a normal 10-year-old boy. But yeah, he's he's phenomenal. And um, you know, you asked me about my family dynamics. So I am the eldest of five. And I very much was the people pleaser child, right? Like I was the first to graduate high Mm. school and my entire generational family, first to go to grad school, become a lawyer. And then my brother became a lawyer. And then my sister went to law school. And then my brother went to psychology and writing. And so it's like, it's really beautiful to watch us all have shifted to that.
1: Wow. I'm the oldest. Yeah, they're
0: all, they're all insanely amazing. They're brilliant people and- yeah, they I miss them and love them very much.
1: Mm, and everybody's still in Scotland.
0: Except my sister who just ma- uh moved with her amazing boyfriend to Australia.
1: Oh wow. Oh, wow. So yeah. D- they're down under. I uh, don't under. Amanda, can you do a, <laughs> that accent? Amanda <laughs> no, has a know. very Amanda has a very good um secret hobby that not a lot of I people do. know. Um I digress. She can do accents. Can you do an Australian accent? That is so hard. Can no, you do I it? feel it, like, do like it? so
2: under pressure. Like down do under. It, do it.
1: Yeah, are hello. I, I don't, Aussie? is that London?
2: I don't know. Now I feel like this. it's British.
1: But and now I'm like, is <laughs> it Scottish? And we're horrible. I mean, know. anyway, we digress. So, Australia, uh, that's a city on my list, a country uh, on my list, or a place too. Me too.
2: Gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a quick pause right here to shout out our sponsor, Advocare. And listen, there are definitely bad things to get addicted to, but there's also good things to get addicted to, things like veggies and antioxidants and vitamins. So if you're looking for products that focus on things like overall wellness and healthy aging, uh, yes, please. Advocares greens and reds powders are an easy way to get what you need. They are staples in my house. I put them in my smoothie. I put them in my water. They help support my fitness goals and they give me all the vitamins, vitamins A and C and E, oh, and all those juicy pre and probiotics that we need to support our digestive health. And listen, if you want to feel full and manage your appetite, they got that good juicy fiber as well, which helps you do that. So uh, if you want to check out Greens and the Reds, go to our show notes, click the link, Use yes and 15 and get yourself 15% off every time you shop. And oh, by the way, support this podcast when you do. Okay, back to the show.
2: So I always wondered why you had the name Mama Bear. And obviously, this is a beautiful story. And I think, too, that... As we look at how children look at us, like children mm. even played a really big role in me getting sober, um, even though I don't have any, because people look to you. And mm. I find bravery all the time that I didn't know I had when the mm. kids are there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I not going to speak up? If I don't speak up, then they're going to think they can't speak up. Like, nope, that's not what I ordered. Something so simple. Uh, it's amazing the power that comes when those little eyes are looking at you. So...
0: I yeah, love the your name
2: and I love that that's how um your story unfolded. It came about
1: her monkey yeah. a. So, yeah. I mean, Melissa, you um you okay, so you've you've got five kids. Um you've walked through pediatric ca- cancer. You're you're sober. Um, you have a husband. You have two, maybe three insanely gorgeous Airbnbs that you use for retreats and you have these investment properties and like this beautiful hobby and you love to decorate and you're into fashion and you're a coach and you have cannonballs, cancer, your incredible charity, which we're going to talk about at the end because we want to know how to support you and how how people can support the work you're doing as it relates to, um you know, supporting families and kids moving and families moving through pediatric uh, cancer themselves. So my question, and when Amanda and I were prepping for this, we were like,
0: how
1: does she do it and oh by the way you always are a 10 like she's always Isn't the cutest she? like she's <laughs> I mean right now she's got the hot pink she's in a hat like the perfect earrings and like and I get there's no perfect right and I not I'm not suggesting you are but you do seem to sort of you know have um, either a good system, a lot of great support, or some really badass boundaries, or maybe a combination of all of them. So how do you, like, what does a week look like for you? How do you schedule (laughs) your life? Do you, and how are you keeping it all together? Because you are just out there doing it, girl.
0: Well, I love all of what you said thank you so much so kind um yeah I've been obsessed with fashion specifically since I was like in high school you know growing up in the UK like fashion is a big deal and so it's kind of funny when I got to Florida that people were like so into my clothes because I think compared to the UK it's pretty normal yeah (laughs) I think like in Scotland I probably look I mean not this exactly but you know like the earrings the hats like it's all kind of yeah normal so I feel like I get um, I get a lot of praise for it but I'm pretty sure it's from home but I've always been interested and loved it and I you know I don't ever not wear a hat I have like a lot of them it's your Um, thing (laughs) and I love it and you know, I definitely have a team in place. You know, you have Amanda, you two are a team. I have an Amanda, her name is Samantha, oh. <laughs> um, and we're, we're a team. We've been a team for almost seven years and she is like all of the things that I cannot do. Like, I feel like we both decided like what our geniuses, and then like stepped into the power of both of those. And we always joke around. We're like, how does two people just get all this done? Like, we're just high <sighs> fives of each other, right? Yes. Kind of like the same as your team, right? Like, you you sort of go off each other's energy. And I think I have been able to achieve so much more, so much faster because I have that support and team in place. Like, I could do it by myself, but I wouldn't even be able to put out a quarter of the content, you know, like. I can create a video for my mastermind, but, like, I don't know how to upload it. What? No. So, like, no, I like, what, is, what does upload mean? I mean, like, what is it? I'm always, like, Samantha, it says error. It says error on here. What is the, you know, that's, like, my classic. She's, like, I got it. I got it. And she just manages, like, half of my brain, I feel like. So, if anyone's, like, listening or watching online and, like, oh, my God, how does she do all of the things? Like, please, I have help. Okay, yeah. I am not on my own, yeah.
1: um,
0: and I also have like an amazing husband. Mm. So, like, he is just a cheerleader. Like, he wants me to win at anything I want to win at, and we we have the same. You know, he's a trial attorney, and so he'll travel for a month and you know go do lots of his work, and then when he comes back, he's writing. You know, making peanut butter jelly sandwiches and doing the school run, and I just think when you have a support system. It's not that you can't do it without a support system. I truly believe you can. It's just less and maybe less happiness with it. Like, less joy, right? Like, I love my work. Like, I love it. Like, I love creating content. I love doing my mastermind. I love coaching. Like, I love it. I don't want to ever not love it. I don't want to ever burn out. And everything I do, I do with the idea in my brain of like, do not burn out, Melissa. Do not burn out, Melissa. Like, I'm always thinking that. In fact, I'm going tomorrow on a solo trip, which, by the way, if you're listening, do a solo trip by yourself with no people once a year. I go to a beach. I stay in a beautiful hotel. I eat expensive dinners by myself. And... I like collect shells for three days, and then I come back to reality. So Mm. I'm always trying to find ways in my calendar that I can pour in, because I know if I pour in, then I can pour more out.
2: Right. Such good advice.
1: I mean, the the, the power of a solo vacation is everything. My friend Shelly calls them soul baticles, soul yes. baticles. Um, I love them. I, you know, I got to the point where I love them so much um, that I would do one every year. Now I'm like aiming for two or three. Cause that's just how freaking good they are. And you know, it, it got weird over COVID, but I used to be able to like piggyback them onto my like awesome keynotes. So if I'm booked somewhere great, like I'm in Scottsdale or I'm in Florida or wherever, I'd be like, great. I'll stay a couple days or I'll go over, go up to, you know, so it's kind of two birds one stone but yeah i seek them out i most certainly crave them and i have to say okay there is nothing that a lot of how do you balance it all oh my god what's the secret to success like all these things you watch women on the outside who are out there crushing it um and i don't know and it sounds like you would mirror this and i know amanda would echo it as well like The only way I have gotten to where I am today is exactly to what you've just said like, help, so much help, so many people. So many introductions, so many pieces of advice, and me being brave enough to like call Uncle, right? And to say, like, dude, I am out of my league. I've out kicked my coverage. Like, I have no idea. Could you introduce me? So I don't know if you're listening to this right now. Here's a way you could shift the universe in your favor. When was the last time you've made an introduction for someone else or introduced someone or opened a door for someone else? Like everything that I have, like I'm looking at your face, Amanda, and you too, mama bear, like someone opened a door for us. And I, I, there is nothing more rewarding than opening that door for someone else. And, you know, I think it's great. And I feel like that's a lot of the work you're doing in your, in your coaching and in your mastermind, you're giving women, um, well, you're relatable because you've walked through the fire, but you're also giving women access to resources, to support, to, you know, maybe new doors that could be opened. Talk to us a little bit about the work you're doing now. And, um, you know, anything we need to know there, because, because I know you're really, really doing some, some powerful things for women and helping very them.
0: passionate about it. Yeah. I, I, you can probably tell. Um, so my mastermind is called Empowered Life. And essentially, like, you know, I believe that if you're empowered, You do exactly what you just said. Like, if I feel empowered, what do I do? I open the door for someone else. And, like, that's what the whole mastermind about is, like, them finding the power inside of themselves, and then I mandatorily make them pass it on to someone else. That is beautiful. uh, Yes. You're not allowed in the mastermind if you don't pass it on. Like, that's it. Like, I want to see where it goes next because I truly – believe in that ripple like you just said someone opened the door for me like what you know someone said to me you should be a coach and I was like oh I don't know about that I mean I just (laughs) that sounds like a lot of pressure and, (laughs) and I literally mulled over it for a year and then that person opened these doors for me that allowed me to get somewhere like you said super quickly right like quicker than some people because I really just believe in if you're empowered, you have to empower other people. And so we do a lot of that. But I think the kind of surprising thing when the people come on the mastermind is I really push into rest, play, using play to beat your perfectionism, using play to beat your people pleasing. Like I, I really dig into that and it's, you know, so I'll have them say like, what does an empowered week look like for you? Don't tell me what you do, but tell me what time would you like to stop answering emails? Mm. What time would you like to get up in the morning? And it's like, when did someone ever ask you, what do you want? Right, right. What do you want, Judy? What do you want, Amanda? Right.
2: (laughs) yeah we were <laughs> what just a powerful talking about starting this. question right. what, do you, what do you want why don't you start there because people ask yeah. us all the time how do I find my passion I don't know what do you want what do you want your passion usually lives somewhere inside of the things that you want or value or yep. seek. Oh, yeah.
0: but it's such like a you good question booth, right like the fear the fear is my homeboy. Like, you're in cri- I love your book so much. Like, I you, literally babe. will pull it out, okay? Thank because you. The point, because here's the thing. We, when I get them, I don't ask that question at the beginning, FYI, because the, the reason is because a lot of people don't know what they want.
1: Right. We have to show them how they can go figure that out for themselves, right?
0: We have to show them. And then we also have to say exactly what you say in your book, which is like, the fear cannot be the driving factor of mm. why you don't look at these things, why yeah. you don't do them. Like, I don't know who I am. It's because maybe I'm scared of my ambition. Maybe I'm scared of my competitiveness, like, or my leadership, right? Like, I believe I'm a, a natural born leader. For a while, I used to shy away from that, have shame about that. Like, mm. no, I just like, I'll only be teams for me forever. But like, I am a leader and it's like moving away from like, that's not a bad thing. I don't have to have fear around it. But a lot of people, it's just sort of asking the right questions to help them figure out what they want.
1: Yes. And sometimes it's that fear of success. We just talked about this today in the mentorship, like that fear of success. I mean, it's not the things we are used to avoiding or all the, you know, all the things we're not doing. We're used to not doing the thing. We're used to making excuses and hiding from what we're supposed to be doing. It's when we step into the possibility of what could be the success. We we start making more money than we've ever made. We start looking a different way. We start feeling a different way. We have new groups of friends. This is all new and this is all uncomfortable. So fear goes, "Uh uh-uh, don't you go there because if you go up there too fast, if you shine too bright, babe, if you look too good, if you get too fit, if you get too much money, then you're not going to be right down here where I need you, right? And so we fear, we fear that. And so like having people like you, Melissa, in the world who show up, wear the hats, put on the bling, be the mom, <laughs> wear the pink, be that bright light. Like you are showing every time you do that for yourself, like every time you get up and do that, you're not only showing your kids and that little girl who is watching her mama bear, which is so amazing. You're showing everybody else that they can do it too. And you know, there, there's so much beauty and in, in power in that. So thank you for that. It's so good. It's so good.
0: I love what you say about the fear of success because I watch that a lot in the mastermind because I work with mostly entrepreneurs. So one of the things we do is money mindset because Mm. like the fear around making the like the things that you wouldn't think would be like. You, like you just said, I've got more money in my bank account than I've ever had. Like, what do I do with it? Oh, wait, no. Should I spend it all? Should I do this with it? Like, right. with the all of the things that can come up right. once you start living an empowered life, and it's like if you don't get your brain and your mind where it needs to be ahead of the game, right? Yeah. Like this future self idea, like you talk about. Like, if you don't do that, it's just more painful.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is true. This is so good. It you are just I have been so excited to share you with um our listeners and our community and when we were thinking about it we're like we got to get her on a jitter juice because you not only have this beautiful story of sobriety and succeeding beyond your wildest dreams despite booze. Um you also have this beautiful story of resilience. So, um I, you know, there's a final question I want to ask you but Amanda, I feel like we should ask her uh, about cannonball cancer and the charity yeah, and what sure. you're involved in right now. Like, is there a, what do we need to know? We'll link up everything in the show notes, but if someone wants to get involved or, um, help in some way, like how do we learn more about what you're doing there as it relates to like supporting families and and kids that are going through pediatric cancer? I love
0: it. Thank you for asking that. Cause you know, it's like my soul and my heart is pediatric cancer forever. And our foundation, Cannibal Kids Cancer, specifically funds innovative research. So, over ninety percent of what we've ever funded has never been done before in the world. Period. That's how innovative it is. So, we're really wow. trying to like change the status quo of pediatric cancer. Like, big mm. deal. So, May 7th is our gala. So, we're looking for auction items. We're selling tickets. It's going to be live and in person this year, which Woo! I'm so excited in Orlando,
1: about. In Orlando? In Orlando? In Orlando? I wish I'm like, where could I be in Orlando? Plus, I need to go see Dora May and I got to go get to uh, Ansley, a hug in person. <laughs> and I think I'm booked, by the way, in Florida uh, this year. I think we're booked in Florida. Either way, um, and we may do a pop up there. So, Mama Bear, you're going to be on my list. Um, but either way, we'll sidebar about what we can do. In the House of Anne to support you. So maybe we can provide auction mm-hmm. items, but keep going. So May 7th, cancer, uh, the Cancer Cannibal Cancer Charity event is happening in Orlando. And um, I'm sure there's a link we could put so people can learn yeah. more about I'll give it, it.
0: I'll get you the link. Yeah, it's Cannibal okay. Kids Cancer Foundation. You can find everything on the website. But okay. yeah, and we also have Instagram and all the things.
1: Great. We will link all the things. So, uh, Mama Bear, you live. And and lifestyle. You have. A yes and mindset, no doubt about She's it. She's like so one the of
2: embodiment our, of the yes and like, mindset. Good when gracious. I think I'm
1: having a bad day, <laughs> goddammit. it! I, like it is like how I feel when we talk to June. Like June is such a, a story. We have a member in our community who's just, you know, when you think you're having a bad day, you really um, are reminded of of how bad it could be, um, but also how beautiful it could be on the other side. So you are the embodiment. Really, you are. You are. And a yes and lifestyle and sort of mindset um, guru, if you will. So tell us. I love to ask this question. The name of this podcast is Yes And, and we are building the House of And, our lifestyle brand. And, you know, when I offer up that phrase, yes and to you, what comes up? What does it mean for you?
0: Yes, and I am important too. Mm-hmm Mm -hmm. oh yes
1: i just have to take that one for a minute yeah that's good yep
0: i think i hope everybody listening feels that for a moment because especially in the work that you guys do and we do you know just constantly giving right Mm -hmm. which is our hearts and our souls and we're forever that it's easy to fall into that trap of like always coming last I don't have time for a solo trip. I don't know. If you don't have time for it, you should be booking three of them. Right? Like That's the point, right? Yes, and. And so, yes, and I'm important, too. Oh, I, I love, love that so much. M-
1: Melissa, thank you for the gift of your work, for the gift of your story, um for the gift of your sobriety and yes. really truly for um gracing our stage, our podcast stage with your magic. Um and uh we will link up to all the things. We're certainly over here cheering you on. You're a great follow on on Instagram, so we'll link up to that, but your your Even better in real life. So sending you a big hug. um, I
0: feel the exact same way about everything (laughs) you and Amanda are doing and every piece of work. And I just will continue to stalk you online until we meet again in person.
1: (laughs) And we will, my dear. We will. We will. I can promise you that. All right. We love you. Ciao. Love
0: you. Bye.
1: Oh, girl. I mean, was, I mean, do you not just adore her? I can't. She's so cute. I cannot. I cannot with her and her story. I mean, seriously, when you think like your life is hard, you think, you know what I mean? You go, Oh my God, she just continues to get up after every single blow and does it, um, with such style and grace and, and compassion. It's, it's pretty amazing. What was your big takeaway? There really were so many. I think that it was really nice to be
2: reminded that the communities and sobriety circles really do show up in ways that many other communities don't I will say that my biggest takeaway which is what I wrote down is the question what do you want what do you want Mm. I think that I don't ask myself that enough and I certainly don't encourage other people to ask themselves that enough because I'm pretty I, sure we know what other people want of us, yeah. but what do Don't we, we want?
1: What do yeah. we want? It's a hard yeah. question because it's a scary question because it, it requires us to sit, right? And to think and to actually, dare I say, prioritize our damn selves in that yes. process. And I love to hear her sort of write that permission slip that like, it's okay to prioritize yourself. Yes. And I matter too. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So good. What did you, what was your biggest takeaway? I loved the, the, uh, you're right. Like same a million, a million great takeaways. Um, I loved her conversation around to pick something different, the conversation around um, asking for help and then passing it on. And she talks about her, you know, how I have you and I'm the visionary. You're the integrator and we're this perfect team and she's got her Samantha and all this stuff. So I love, um, you know, the reminder that we never get anywhere alone. We have to. Ask for help. We have to be okay with help. We have to pass help on and open doors for other people. So I love that. And it also reminded me of when I was starting my business. So I love that her person's name is Samantha because, you know, for the longest time, before I had you or any other support in my business, that was like my ghost account. So I had an email. <laughs> I made up here's a little tip, a little starter tip. I had an email and it was like Sam at judyholler.com. And so I made this person and it was really me. But her. My, I was wished my name was samantha that was like the name i wanted right like my whole life so i'm like well i'll just be samantha because then i can kind of be like you know on the other side but it's like me but it's not me and so for i had this like fake gatekeeper for quite some time and her name was samantha and uh i I used it as sort of a way to sort of uh remove me from from some of the 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 weirder conversations but also um you know, make it until you make it, right? That's right. Uh, and I guess make and, it until you make it, but make it until you make it. Like, do what you need to do. So, we need we help have her anywhere do it
0: we alone. can get it. Yeah. Never. And
2: one of the other things I want to say, too, because it was really congruent with the conversation we had in the mentorship, was that she empowers people to essentially find right. their their fire, right? To find their right. power and then to pass that on. And it was just so interesting how and the energy of today was kind of like that message multiple times is that, you know, once you find your fire, you just can't forget you have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so good and then you have to help other people find theirs and yes. that's the work that you do every day so i love that Same. and And thanks for doing that for all of us. Uh,
1: Thank you. And thank you for being a part of it. You helped me do it. And, you know, listen, we hope you love this show as much as we loved making it for you. We thank Advocare for sponsoring the the show and and bringing it to life. And my goodness, we always love hearing from you. So we'd love to know what your biggest takeaway was. Talk to us on Instagram. And you can always go old school and email us at hello at judyholler.com. We love your show ideas, feedback, and inspiration. If you found any value, honestly, the best. Thing you could do, yo. If you found any value in this episode, pass it on, share it with yes. a friend, drop us a podcast review. We live for them, um and we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for being a friend. Okay, we want to thank you for. I literally did. I just almost go thank golden girls. Being, being a friend, a friend. <laughs> like to run running and back again. This is getting real, real. Hey, We're going. I got one thing to say. What? And, and scene. Scene. Thank you for being here. We love you guys. See ya when we see ya next Wednesday. Peace. Later. Love you. Bye.